Three, two, one. Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for the sax man. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched The Lost Boys, or as I called it to you, The Naughty Peter Pan. The Naughty Peter Pan. Well, let me tell you, I was taking notes and it did the auto transfer thing where it transferred my handwriting to text. So actually, the name of the movie is Lost Bong. <laughs> Lost Bong. All right. Tyler, was this your first time watching Lost Bong? It was. It was the Lost Bong. My maiden voyage with the Lost Bong. Would you like to give us just a little summary of what this movie's about? I would love to, Cody. You know, we start, we open up, we got a mom and her two boys, you know, classic 80s, you know. They're out, they're moving, they're going to live with grandpa because their moms and their parents are now divorced. We hate the dad. We don't care about him anymore, all right? He's dead to us, okay? You know, why? I don't yeah. know. But he's gone. He's out of the picture. Now, where are they moving? To California. Beautiful Santa Clarita? Clara, Santa, something. Let me tell you, the first two towns you said are real cities in California. You know what yeah. isn't a real city? Santa Carla drove me crazy. I was like, it's so close to being right. Anyway, yeah. carry on. Santa Carla. Santa Carla, you know? Not a real city, probably. I mean, or maybe it, it is. is, but it wasn't shot in Santa Carla. So I did my research on this. It drove me It drove me that crazy. When I looked it up, Santa Carla came up as a suburb of San Jose. So, Well, there maybe, you go. Maybe you're a crazy person. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy. So Let they, me tell you, doesn't Santa Clarita just roll off the tongue? As does Santa Clara, which is also a place. Santa Carla, you, your R is on the wrong look. For Spanish, it's in the, it's not... It's not in the right spot to make it, to give you that good feeling you need. But you know what is in the right spot to give you that good feeling that you need? Lost Boys. Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. He's there. They're on the merry-go-round. They're tearing it up, a bunch of crazy kids, you know. And, you know, they're doing drugs probably older son you know he's out here tearing it up stalking women you know it's the 80s it's a good time and then he falls in with their with their gang of miscreants of yeah troublemakers mm -hmm. you know out here causing a scene on the merry-go-round all right and then you know That's when Peter yeah, Pan really, swoops in. Really fixated. Teaches on them how to fly. Well, here's the thing. When you're when you're a hardcore gang member or whatever out here doing stuff and your go-to spot is the boardwalk merry-go-round. What? What? You're saying there's things about this movie that didn't make sense to you? Everything made sense, Cody. I how dare it was, you? It's crystal clear. Okay. So let me ask you this. First off, I guess for context, this is a Bailey pick. Bailey, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, she picked the cave. We watched the cave. I was very bored, and I was like, this isn't going to be fun. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, 
slam on those brakes, throw it in reverse. All the right. What you texted me, no, no, what you texted me, Cody, was that Bailey had picked The Descent, which is a very different movie than what you just said. Maybe, hold on. Should we do some research? Did you watch a horror movie? Yeah. About uh, uh, young ladies getting hunted by no. monsters in a cave? No, it's adult men and women being hunted by monsters in a cave. <laughs> so okay, maybe. It's not a dip, but it's not like a hard horror, I would say. It's more of like a thriller action movie. Um, they did come out in the same year. So the there cave, you go. The, the cave and the descent came out the same year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So anywho, so you watched? I the watched cave. the cave, and I was and like, you... "This is not great. It's not awful enough to be like, what? What do you? What do you? Find? Just no. I just uh, you keep going. Okay, you keep going. You give me your give me your quick. Anywho, we were on hits. a bit of a break anyway, and I missed. I was out of town for a week, and yada yada yada. And you had I don't know a tooth pulled out of your head. Anywho, we hadn't recorded in a bit. And I remembered nothing about the cave. I didn't want to rewatch the cave. I got Bailey to pick a different movie. Bailey picked The Lost Boys, and I'm so glad she did. Because let me tell you, uh, this I have conflicting feelings about this movie because a lot of it I don't think is very good. But there are two or three just, like, highs in this movie that few movies achieve, you know? And that's what I'm excited to talk about. So I, I kind of liked it, but on, on the whole, I didn't think it was that good. Is that fair? Is that fair? It's How did fair. you feel about it, Tyler? I thought it was great. I thought it was a good time. I would like to retract my statement. You texted me the cave, so let's be real for a second. <laughs> I was going to watch The Descent, and I was shocked that she picked it. The Descent. Cody, are you familiar with The Descent? I remember the trailers and everything, and you know what? I even double-checked my text when I sent it to you because I was like, and when Bailey said it, I thought the same thing. I was like, she wants to watch The Descent? That's crazy. And Yeah. No, so, I mean... I had the whole same, the whole thing we're talking about, it all played out in my mind as well. I'm so, so glad that she changed her mind because I've been, I don't want to watch The Descent, Cody. Yeah, yeah. So, but look, I'm glad you enjoyed this one. Yeah. The Lost Bong. The Lost and Bong. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we just dive into all the spoilers? Uh, Tiffany pointed out there's a lot of overlap with Stand By Me, which is another R-rated film that Tiffany has seen. So, you know, I I have not seen Stand By Me, but I am aware that it is a classic. I haven't seen it either. So, so I just want everybody to know. Also, Kiefer Sutherland is in is in this movie. Kiefer Sutherland. He's the 24 guy, right? Yes. Because Jack Bauer, is that his yeah. character's name? That's yeah. all I can think of when I see him. So uh, seeing him with just bleached out hair, vamping around, I, it was it was a good time. I was it was very distracting, and uh, I enjoyed the contrast. Hey. So what? I just said yeah. All right. Yeah. Then I think I'm ready to take the next step with you. All right, Cody, hop hop in here. All right, get in. Get on my dirt bike, all right? And let's just cruise on down to Santa Carla, which is in the center of spoiler... Santa Clara? Which one was it? Whatever. The one from the movie, which is in Spoiler Town, USA, all right? 
Let's get on here. You know, you know, there's not much of a back seat, so you're gonna have to kind of like perch on the back like a gremlin. All right, but we're gonna get there. All right, we're gonna get there. All right, here we are, Cody. Do you want to start? Here. Do you want me to start? I'm I, as you know, I I'm coming off hot, but you can. You know, I I don't mind starting today. I really don't mind, and I think I'm going to take the reins. Oh, I think I'm going to grab the handlebars, and I'm going to I'm going to drive this dirt bike for a little bit. How's that sound? Right, I'll perch on the back like a gremlin. All right, I'm going to start. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Keeper Sutherland's in this movie. Oh, it's so great. Bailey immediately was like, "I just." He's in so many shots of this movie, and he, I just wish he was more attractive. That's what she said. He, he gets so much close-up time that you got to watch Kiefer for a little too much. You know, he should have been a little hotter. She also posed this question to me at the start of this movie. I'm going to pose it to you, all right? So no spoilers, but we'll reveal our answers after we both have had a chance to go. How does that sound? Okay? Which one is hot? Okay? Out of the vampires in this film, which one do you have the hots for? Okay, so really think about it. Really mull it over. It's an important question, okay? <clears throat> there's one thing I know about television. If there's no TV, that means there's no MTV. Tyler, I know that we're both too young to fully appreciate MTV, but remember MTV? Remember when people loved MTV for the music and the television of it all? Wonderful. It was a real throwback. I didn't even realize MTV was that old, but it makes a lot of sense because the 80s were just, the 80s were just one big music video, all right? That's all it was. This movie started out, I didn't like the merry-go-round scene. The camera angles weren't working for me. I was like, this is not going to be a good movie. And then I was proven wrong by one man and one man alone. That's right, Saxman. I read through some of the trivia. I was shocked to know that Saxman was not one of the first few items in the trivia. I don't even know if he's in the trivia, all right? We need to do some hard research because obviously the best part of this movie was Saxophone Man. There is a band with just a shredded out blonde dude, no shirt, grease everywhere, just a greasy, sweaty man, lead singing and playing saxophone riffs in between singing. It was a great song, and the movie could have just been that, you know? We, this could have been a 10-minute short film, just eight minutes of saxophone action, and I would have been really happy with it. When I was Googling this movie, you know, you can pull it up on different places. I was on YouTube trying to rent this movie. I was like, The Lost Boys, the first thing that came up was Lost Boys, Saxophone Man. <laughs> That was that was all people were interested in seeing about this movie on YouTube, all right? From a clip's perspective, there's nothing better than a big, ripped, sweaty man blasting on the saxophone, okay? It was delightful. It was wonderful. They kept cutting away to, like, the main characters, and I don't know why. I don't know why this movie wasn't just a saxophone music video, all right? They struck gold with this man. We don't know who he is. <laughs> Bailey was trying to play the soundtrack, and she's like, he only has, like, one song with any plays on Spotify. I'm like, yeah, no, he did it. <laughs> he achieved perfection with one song. What else do you want from him, all right? I don't know who they are. I don't know what their deal is, but I needed more of them, okay? A vampire movie. This movie isn't a movie about hot vampires, okay? That's not what it is. It's a movie about vamps on dirt bikes, it's never been done anywhere else. I've never seen a vampire riding a dirt bike. 
It's better than vampires flying around as bats. It's better than vampires on trains. It's better than a vampire in a carriage. A vampire on a dirt bike, it, the possibilities are endless. Is delightful, you know? Uh, there's some great lines in this movie. I'm at the mercy of your sex glands. Beautiful. Beautiful writing. I was surprised when I looked this movie up. It's a horror comedy. I had no idea. All I knew about this movie was that it's a sexy vampire movie. And it's really not, okay? It's a comedy, vampire, sexy, saxophone film. And that, you know, I just don't want anyone to sell this movie short, okay? Remember, remember video stores? I remember video stores. Remember the adult section of video stores? How awkward, you know, when you're a kid and there's like, a, did you ever have a video store as a kid with the little, the little curtain, you know, where it's like, don't go back there. No, no. Look, I grew up in a scarier place than you. This proves it, okay? Victorville is a sketchier place than Kansas City, or at least the greater Kansas City metropolitan area, okay? Sketchy. Video stores with adult sections, you know, it was, it was a total vibe, and it just was, okay? If you wanted a video, you had to go there, all right? just the way it was. I guess Blockbuster changed that a little bit. But let me tell you, I've seen one or two in my life, all right? It confused me just as a child. Oh, Murder Capital of the World. I guess that's based, in fact, Ed Kemper's from Santa Cruz, which is where this movie was shot. So I just let that haunt your brain a little bit. Next time you go to the pier, just think about Ed Kemper uh, murdering and or eating you. Yep. Cody, I'm going to be honest, I was going to cut you off, but I had a couple Skittles in my mouth, and that really shut my efforts to cut you off down. Oh, yeah. If you ever so, need someone to be quiet, handful of Skittles is a great way to buy yourself a little time. Yeah. I would All recommend right. it. Here we go, Cody. Are you ready? You're not prepared, but I'm starting anyway, okay? Cody, how dare you? Keith is hot. Keith is... He's a hot boy, all right? He's out here... Just being hot, all right? That's what he's doing, all right? Also, I'll have you know there's only one vampire in this movie, Cody. The rest are half vampires. How dare you? But, you know, fine if she's into old guys. But in reality, fake Brett Michaels is a cutie, all right? Let's be real. He's fake Brett Michaels. That's what we all know him as, and that's he's a cutie, all right? My first note is gotta love a good sweaty sax man. That's it. And that's the first note. And I'm glad we agree on this. Also, dirt bikes better than motorcycles. Am I right? Am I right? Am I, you're, you got a motorcycle, Pfft, nerd? You're a nerd dweeb, we're gonna give you a swirly later. You got a dirt bike? Oh, you're cool, you know? You're cool, you're about to save the rec center if you got a dirt bike, all right? You're a national hero, okay? All right, what, Cody? <laughs> I just have a note here that we're just gonna have to discuss later, okay? It's, what, what happened to people in the 80s? What? What happened to them? All right, because we got the seventies; they were all hippies and all that. And then you know, then the eighties came around, and what, what happened to these people? Okay, that's what we need to know. We need to go deep dive into history, find out what what they start putting in the water or something in the eighties that they stopped in the nineties. Okay, what what happened? This movie, right? It's I. I choose to believe this happens in the same universe as what we do in the shadows because the turning into a vampire is largely the same and it's just these people they're all acting like it's a big deal and then what we do in the shadows is just you know it's like the American perspective of being turned into a vampire versus the New Zealand perspective okay 
you know what are they going what are they doing over there what are they doing in new zealand over there you know they're going out they're eating they're they're eating fries and projectile vomiting blood across an alleyway you know they're just having a grand old time okay you know here we're we're killing vampires and starting a whole thing we're calling children in to to kill the vampires these kids let's talk about these kids for a second cody you you just gloss past these these kids are just killing drug addicts right that's what they're doing they're finding like meth addicts in the streets and killing them they what is their questionnaire does he does he sleep all does he party all night and sleep all day oh yeah yeah do you have long fingernails and all and moody and all that I'm like you kids are just murdering drug users that's you you just finding random people just trying to have a good old time. They're here for a good time, not a long time, Cody. That's the motto of a drug user. Am I right? I'm right. Nod your head. You're nodding your head. You agree with me. I agree. I'm glad. So these kids are definitely just killing drug users. So, Cody, do you remember? Think back. Toss your mind back to the 80s, you know, to the time when you could stalk a girl through a, through a fair, threaten to fight her boyfriend, and then join the boyfriend's gang all in one night, you know, and just really live your life. You know, that's, uh, it was a better time. Okay. It was a better time. It was a simpler time. It was a more kids killing drug addicts in the street kind of time. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. As we all know, Cody, we do learn in this movie, but I'm glad, you know, we, they teach us this. We all know it. We all learned it in kindergarten. The natural enemy of the vampire is that's right. The Husky. All right. The Huskies, they go after these vampires with a vengeance. Okay. You know, they they, would, they can't be stopped. Okay. Everybody, your Twilight's out here trying to change it. They're trying to be like, oh, werewolves. No, no. We all knew it was the Husky the whole time. All right. You ever tell, you ever tell on someone for turning into a vampire? You know, your brother's out there. He's sleeping all day and you're out there. I'm going to tell mom you're turning into a vampire. How dare you? You know? You know, what a snitch, am I right? Like, you know... <laughs> I just... Cody, I spent so much of this movie just thinking about these kids. And how this guy just goes into... Let, let me break it down for you people. Alright, he goes into the younger brother, Sam. Goes into this comic book shop. Proves he's cool to the cool kids by saying, I'm looking for Batman 14... There's only four in existence. I'm looking for the other three. And then says why they're stocking their shelves wrong. And they're all like, this kid's cool. Read this vampire book. We kill vampires. What is happening right now? Did, did these kids... Is this just the story these kids told? Because they killed a gang that their brother tried... That his brother tried to join? <laughs> they snuck into, like, the abandoned warehouse they lived in and killed them in their sleep? And they're like, no, nah, we swear, officer, they were vampires and they were killing people in town. And we... <laughs> Tyler, I'm going to have to cut you off right there and uh, start a conversation with you because <clears throat> at first, all you see are these children running a comic book shop at night. <laughs> which I found very confusing. Uh, they do show the adults at one point, and they're always, like, zonked out behind the counter, passed yeah. out with sunglasses on, like, Weekend at Bernie style. I mean, I'm not convinced they haven't killed their own parents as well. I, I think you're onto something. They, I don't know. They call it the murder capital of the world. I think it, I mean, maybe the vampires are helping, but I think these kids have a lot to do with that as well. This There's... town has got <laughs> vampires running around seducing and murdering people. Also children. 
murdering murdering people. So here's what I'm thinking. These kids are just living in a town with a healthy nightlife. And they're like, all these people, we don't see them in our shop during the day. We only see them at night. They're And they're only open at night. So they're just like baiting people in to kill them. They're what they are is they're serial killers that like, you know, they just need an excuse, yeah. right? That's what it the is. O- the only beach I've been to with the nightlife like this in California is Venice, and it is wild. There are people, <laughs> there are drugged out people like having a rave by the beach. You can just join in and dance. There's people just like smoking. There's I think there's like the little muscle beach thing. There's people riding like bicycles around with crazy lights all over them and stuff every other beach i've been to in california is like yeah the sun's setting everyone's you know there's some people walking their dog people are finishing surfing and everyone's going home you know kind of a di- i mean they had concerts going all the shops were open it was like yeah it was like this is the annual bash you know what i'm saying they had quite the nightlife i guess i get why the vampires would be there it's like, oh, these people are all hanging out here all night. This is great. Great time to hunt. Yeah, so throughout the movie, they make it out like, oh, vampires are running rampant, when it really just seems like it's Max and his little cronies that he doesn't really interact with at all. You know? Yeah, I guess. So it's some like, missing kids, right? Like Laddie. What's her, Jamie Gertz's little brother was one that was affected, and then they went after Michael. No, but I'm saying, like, these boys are talking about, like, oh, the vampires are everywhere. They're they're the highest levels of government. There's five. Five or six vampires. vampires. And by highest. vampires, some of them. Yeah. By highest level of government, they mean the guy that owns the video store. Right. Yeah. I thought it was funny, too, because the the younger brother was like, I got, I had to leave Phoenix to come here to a thriving California beach town. I was like, wait, hold on. Who is complaining about moving from Phoenix to Santa Cruz? I wasn't I wasn't clear why he was like, I had to leave Phoenix. We all know a lot of Phoenix. And I'm here at the beach now, like some kind of loser. I didn't fully understand that. I mean, I moved from Kansas City to Boston, which a lot of people would say is a similar kind of like, why would you complain about that, you know? You know? No, I, I mean, I, I guess wouldn't I be opposed don't. to moving back. No. Given the option. Here's the thing. This is where I think the movie's a little bit a little bit weak. Um I know nothing about Michael. I know that he stares at Jamie Gertz and he's yeah. like, I like Jamie Gertz. He stalks her throughout the thing, mm-hmm. gets in a little tussle with the vampires, but then they're like, eh, hop on this dirt bike and come ride you know, come ride with us, you know? Yeah. I, I know nothing about him. Him and Jamie Gertz, they just exchange a glance. That's really it. They like kind of talk for like a second before yeah. they interrupted. And so I just and that's like the main driving point is like, oh okay, he's into Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz is into him, maybe, but also she needs help. And there's vampires. Anyway, I don't know. I just knew nothing about him, but then it seemed like his younger brother was a big part of it too, because now he's hunting the vampires with the other children comic book store murderers i guess i didn't know who the protagonist quite was and i wish i knew a little bit more about you know i wish it was like about sam or about michael it's just you know what i'm saying it's about the scene man i also really appreciated who was it that told him was it the main vamp was it Kiefer sutherland who was like you're a vampire michael you're like oh okay yeah 
Got it. Yeah. Check. <laughs> They've already <laughs> checked all the boxes, but cool. I just thought it was funny. Like, why are they after Michael in particular? And why are they hanging out with him on the train tracks? And they're like, I jumped down here. But, you know, I guess the point is kind of they're hypnotizing him, but they're like, Michael, join us, Michael. <laughs> and they're like, we're over here, Michael. Hop on your dirt bike, Michael. Eat Chinese food, Michael. I was like, oh, this, is, this is a long scene. It just keeps going. We're just going with wherever the vampires are going, I guess because they have Jamie Gertz. I don't know. It was, yeah. That was the part of the movie. That's when it started to dip for me, you know? The That's movie the beginning started of the movie. kind of low. <laughs> it peaked up high with Saxman, and then it steadily climbed down. And then towards the final like fight scene, it ramps up because I did enjoy like the final fight scene. I was like, oh, okay. This oh, is the cool. Home Alone scene? Basically. Yeah, the Home Alone vampire fight, I thought was pretty great. So, I mean, those those are the two big parts of the movie. I was like, I'm on board for this. This is a good time. The rest of it was like, oh, this is not not quite working for me, you know? I This movie is kind of funny, and I'm glad I saw that it was supposed to be kind of a comedy because when they're, you know, you talk, he's talking to the comic book kids, and he's like, are his nails long? Does he, you know, I was like, does his breath stink? He's like, well, his breath has always stunk. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. That's good. You know, you gotta you gotta rib your brother a little bit, you know, at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Jamie, I, I would not Jamie have classified this as a comedy. What's that? I would not have classified this as a comedy before you said Someone that. Someone did, you know. Someone did. I think it definitely struggles with a little bit of identity in that. Like, I think it's what they were going for, but it does seem weird where when it's. Michael's kind of the main person of the scene. It's much more mm-hmm. like teen monster it's all thriller. Moody. Yeah, yeah, it's all like moody. And then when sexy it's sexy vampire, all vibes, hardly any dialogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was one of my notes is uh, who doesn't love a good 80s slow motion party montage, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a sexy 80s. You know, like, you remember that? You remember all these 80s movies that got these, like, where it's like, oh, do the drug, and then they do the drug, and then it's like, cool, now we're going to shoot like eight scenes on the same roll of film so that they all overlay with each other. Mm, and we're going to sl- play the main theme, but we're going to slow it down a little bit. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's going to be so sexy. Someone's losing their virginity to this scene, right? Very sultry. That's oh, the... it's funny, too, because Bailey didn't know this was rated R. Oof. And so she's like, oh, my mom always skipped this scene when it came to, like, the sex scene. And it was just, like, <laughs> ten seconds of, like, Oh, we're kind of kissing up. Oh, a shoulder strap's coming down. End scene. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. That was that was absolutely nothing and about four and a half seconds long. Yeah. I mean, I if I had to hazard a guess as to why this got the R rating, I'm guessing the fountain of blood exploding its way through a toilet had something to do with it. You know, we'll never know why. We'll never know for sure. Or the fact okay, that... Okay, let's talk about this. They drop if you're a- having someone... If you're having someone over for dinner yeah. at your house, you know, 8 p.m., it's pretty late. In, in you movie, know? Okay. In movies and TV, they always do it like 8 or 9. Like, why don't, you, why don't you and the wife come over at 1130? Why? Oh, my gosh. I figured it out. <gasps> so dumb. Sunday. Vampire. Vampire. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a vampire, so he has yeah. to come over late. But if, yeah. look, if you're dinner, I get it. I like to eat dinner, you know, 6, 630. That's a good dinner time for me. But also, I get it. Someone's coming over or whatever. You're going to be ready. Seven, I think, is about the right. You know? I think six is fine. It's hard to do on a weekday. I think they're a weekday. But let's let's do seven. If you're going to... All right. Just for everyone on the podcast, if you're going to invite me over for dinner, let's say seven's kind of like the end, the late 
you know? The latest I would want to come over for dinner. Because yeah. then it's like, what am I going to eat? It's too late for me to eat before, but also I don't, you know, like I don't want to ruin my appetite. Let's do seven. Six to seven, I think, is nice. I have a theory. Why I'm a vampire. movies and TV do this? Why they do the late dinner all the time? Whenever, like, all right. Because whenever there's a TV show and someone invites someone over for dinner, they're always like, it is always like somewhere between nine and 11, which is, like you said, way too late. But. Mm-hmm. Cody, it's California are the people that are writing all these shows in Hollywood. And that's like, oh, so they're not getting up and showing up to like work or anything until like 11 a.m. Right. Right. So their whole schedule is shifted like six hours later than yours and mine. At least four. it is interesting to think about. I heard someone else, they made a really good point about like in all movies when there's like <clears throat> someone stressed about work, it's always like, I got my big presentation. I got my big thing. I got, it's always like a presentation, no matter what job it is, you know, it's a pitch or a presentation or something like, because that's what writers have to deal with. Yeah. When they're stressed about work, it's like, no, I owe my script by this date. We have to finish it by this time. And I was like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense. Cause it never is like a real business thing. It's always like, I have to go and give a two-minute speech at a thing for the thing, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting to think about, like, oh, right, if you're writing a movie, you are not doing the same things as other people. So that's yeah. going to shift your – you know, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, because, I mean, like, especially, you know, you could argue, like, well, like, actors and stuff, they have to get up early all the time for shooting. But so much writing, right – at least from what I've heard from listening to podcasts and stuff with writers, they talk about like a lot of it is networking and just like throwing as much as you can at the wall until something sticks. Mm-hmm. But like going to parties and events and stuff, which all happen late at night is a big part of getting ahead in your, in the career. So yeah. they would be used to eating dinner. Like even Tiffany loves staying up late. So I have gotten used to eating dinner. Like a lot of times I don't, I'm not like, oh, it's dinner time until like nine o'clock at night. Even though I would prefer to eat at like 10 and then, or like at like six and then go to bed by 10. Yeah. But don't tell Tiffany that. She'll think I'm old and she'll leave me for (laughs) someone younger. Yeah, yeah. And your secret's safe with me. Um, let's see. Someone got attacked by a vampire and they got bit right on the scalp. Right on the dome. Did you see him rip his scalp off? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I've never seen anyone get scalped with teeth, and uh, I was not prepared for it. Yeah, that, I mean that was Kiefer, that bit. Did you know? Oh okay. right, it's like the random party people, right? Oh, Cody, did you not notice their credit? So I'm convinced what? it must be them Credits? because they're the only unnamed group big enough. Hmm. They are surf Nazis. What does that mean? Oh, the surf Nazis. You're right. I did see that credit. Were they Nazis? (laughs) Because I didn't notice that that they were Nazis. They had a little bit of fun. The writers had a little bit of fun with this movie because they have the Lost Boys theme, right? There's a little bit of wordplay there. There's, who was it? Uh, Edgar and Alan are the two Mm -hmm. guys, the vampire kid, hunter kids, like Edgar Allan Poe. There's a few, you know. They had a, they had a good time with some of the some of the names and the characters and stuff. 
surf Nazi. This is showing when I looked up surf Nazis, it's showing the beginning, the people on the merry-go-round. Well, there you go. Maybe it's the same people, though. I thought it was funny. They talked about vamping out, and uh, my vibe from this movie, I was like, this movie kind of just feels like a prequel to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, the style of the vampires, I thought was very in line with what Joss Whedon ended up doing with Buffy. And then I saw somewhere else that Buffy uses the phrase vamp out for one of their taglines and stuff. So I think this was kind of an inspiration for Buffy down the line. It did a lot of things. Um, showed up like pretty much everywhere I've looked this movie up. It's like, oh, you might also be interested in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Tiffany, Tiffany likes that movie. And I'm like, I know that show. And I'm like, I know, I've never mm-hmm. seen it. Here's the thing, Cody. Okay, let's let's dive deep into this Lost Boys name, all right? Because everybody's like, oh, yeah. Lost Boys is Peter Pan, and then they watch it, and they're like, it's not. Let me defend that no, it, it is. is. Okay. It is. I had, yep, no. Because they're, the, lo- the, they're the Lost Boys. And so yeah. when when Max, right? Yeah, Max is like revealed to actually be a vampire. I was like, because mm-hmm. they need a Peter Pan to turn him into Lost Boys. Yep, and the, exactly. Peter Pan and wants a Peter mom. Pan is- Peter Pan's looking for Wendy. Yep, exactly. And their her sons are named the same as Wendy's brothers, right? Oh, Michael and Sam are the names. Yeah, I remember Michael. Michael. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Michael and there I don't know go. what the other one is. Oh, John? that we should make Jamie Gertz Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yep. Right. Star is her character's name, so she's Tinkerbell. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It totally is, man. I spent the whole movie trying to figure out who Alex Winter was, the the curly haired vampire. Yeah, he's the guy from Bill and Ted. He's a, yeah, he's a Bill, I think. Yeah, or is he Ted? I forget. Which I don't know. He's the one that's not plays opposite Keanu. Keanu yeah, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it was driving me crazy. The whole movie I was like, I have seen his face so many times in my life, and what is he from? And I never got it. I had to look it up. As soon as they pulled up his IMDb, I was like, oh, of course it was. What a fool I've been. This does have a lot of reckon, like people just in the background where you're like, oh, I recognize that face. You know? Yep. Totally. So Michael looks like like Brett Michaels, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I called him fake Brett Michaels. Yeah. Fake Brett Michaels. For sure. I guess um Corey Haim plays Sam, the younger brother. Jason Patrick plays Michael. I guess they were in like a, oh wait, no, I'm thinking of, or I'm thinking of Corey Feldman. I guess Corey Feldman and Corey Haim were in several movies together in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is Goonies. But yeah, they had like a few, so they're like the Corys or whatever. Yeah, so she, something. Tiffany picked out the, the Goonies guy pretty, pretty quick. She spotted, I'm wearing a Goonies shirt. Oh. It's the map, you fun. see. Yeah. another classic they had a lot of 80s references like uh was it rob there's a big poster of rob lowe a big poster of uh rob molly lowe. ringwald in his, up in his room let's talk about the rob lowe poster yeah <laughs> yeah what about it what talk to me what talk to me what about it like here's what i'm convinced why is it there? everyone who was a teenager in the 80s all right yeah you're all 
in the closet to some degree. Some of you have come out, and I'm proud of you. Some of you <laughs> yeah. have just, you've locked the closet and moved on, and that's, you know, that's fine, I guess. And some of you, you're in there, and you're like, the closet doesn't exist. And, you know, Cody, just, I think you what? need to look at let's yourself and about, think. Let's talk about did, the 80s. Okay? Did I have a picture of sweaty? Who do we? Sure. <laughs> I mean, Rob look, Lowe. Twisted Sister or Crossdressing, you got um, Boy George out here who's just an enigma in and unto itself. You got George Michael. You got Prince. You got Michael Jackson. There is just a ball of confused sexual energy from the 80s that I don't think anyone's fully unpacked, you know? Yeah. Furthermore, uh, this was directed, I don't know if you know this, by Joel Schumacher, a famously gay director. And, uh, you know, it just it makes a fun little curveball of who is on first, what's going on, and who wants to do who, you know? Who's trying to bone what? Yeah, like, she, like he's pretending like, oh, I'm after Star, and then he sees Kiefer. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I've been awakened, all right? And that's why he went with them. That's one of my favorite themes from what we do in the shadows is just like the absolute like free for all of like the vampire sexuality where it's like, I mean, if you lived forever and were a creature that feasted on blood, wouldn't you just be a pansexual, you know, sexual deviant? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, once you that. become like an evil monster creature, what's the point of like, stick into like any level of morality at that point right you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like once once you it's gotta like, try everything yeah once it's like twice you know what i'm saying yeah at least once oh, yeah. a century or so you know what i'm saying so it's like as long as you're going you're just gonna keep doing it because who you why not if for science if nothing else you know if you're not gonna try it who will all right exactly it's like maybe you know maybe huffing Boiled lube is the best drug ever, but everyone else is too scared. You know? Yeah. You could be the one to find out, all right? It's exactly why they hire vampires mostly for test groups, you know? You ever just casually ask like someone if they're freebasing? <laughs> you know, just like drop it um, in conversation, you know, like. Are you freebasing? Mm -hmm. Which I had to look it up to make sure that I understood what it was. Uh, it is basically asking if you, someone if there's, is it, is it cocaine? Are you smoking cocaine? Like, are you taking cocaine, distilling it down to its most basic and potent form and doing that drug? Yeah, yeah. Have you moved past snorting it? And have now moved to you're in a stall at the Seven Eleven with a spoon and a lighter. All right. Mm-hmm. Cody, are you free basin? I might be. I mean, who isn't these days? You gotta. Yeah. You know, we got the we got the White House Twitter everyone account needs, calling people out. You know, a right way. You know, nice easy way to unwind. And yeah. Free basin is the way to go. It's either become uh, a vampire or free base. Those are your two options right now, all right? Let's talk about this. Right. If you're a child yeah, and you have a friend or two and you're in a cave and there's four vampires hanging from the ceiling and you need to kill, you need to find out which one's the main one and you have four stakes, why would you stab them one at a time? You know, this is what drove me crazy about it. First off, when they killed Alex Winters, 
the amount of liquid that came out of him was unsettling. I was not, because yeah. it wasn't even just blood. It was like goop and brown and yellow. I, I didn't like it. Number two, you got to get, you got to double fist the stakes, get your friend to double fist stakes, and you go one, two, three, bam, you get four kills in one go. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst case scenario that you get not all four? Well, guess what? They didn't get all four with the one at a time yep. method either. So, and saying. later they're talking like they knew that these guys are going to go out violently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you it's never know not what's like... going to happen. They could melt. They could explode. There could be an earthquake. Yeah. And here's what gets me. Here's what gets me going. All right. So there is a sequel to this movie that was came that came out in 2008. <laughs> I have not sure. watched it, Why but I've not? seen very little information about it. But it has yeah. the two vampire hunters in it, which yeah. makes me think that they've come back as vampire hunters. And if I watch this movie and I find out that they are now like cool vampire hunters, I'm going to be so mad. The only way that you can make this movie like a sequel to this movie is if it's them and they are still idiots who just own a comic shop and then pretend like they're vampire hunters, but really they have not dealt with vampires since they were children in that one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine a sequel to this movie that came out <laughs> when they get out, years later. When they get out of there, when they get out of the cave, you know, and then it's just like, just like we folded in the face of the enemy, man. I'm just like, I'm just like, oh. Like, I'm sure if we looked hard enough, like, that whole exchange between them two is, like, a mm -hmm. reference to, like, a Vietnam movie. Like, a movie about the Vietnam War or something. Sure. Yeah. But it was just so funny that he's like, I can't, we folded, man. And he's like, get up. And they shaking him. And I'm like, these are children. These are children that just yeah. murdered a random dude in a cave. All right? That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of random dude in a cave, Cody. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Kiefer Sutherland's feet. <laughs> okay, yeah, the big claw feet. The big, long vampire feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It was unnecessary. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it, but they were there, absolutely. They can fly. So you could have just said they're kind of just standing on the ceiling. Or, like, their feet. I've seen other movies where they just have their feet hooked up on a bar or something, you know? Like, normal feet in their shoes or whatever. Like this bat. is the first one where they're ever like, oh, they're vampires, though. That means they have bat feet to hang from the ceiling. Check this out. Check this, though. Joel Schumacher, known foot fetishist, all right? You got nothing. Look, you think Quentin Tarantino likes feet? This man specifically made extra long claw feet that got a close-up. It's a whole other level. Can I take us on a small tangent here? Yeah, yeah. I love interviews with actors talking about Quentin Tarantino because they all make him sound like the most annoying douchebag in the world. And they always give him yeah. they, they do an impression of his voice. Which is annoying. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and he sounds yeah. like an annoying dweeb. And then they're like, would you ever work with him again? And they're like, absolutely. One thousand percent. No question. You know, like right. he's the best director I've ever worked with. You know, <laughs> like yeah. specifically, I always think of the interview with Jamie Foxx where he's like telling him like you're not cool jamie fox you're you're playing a slave you know and like yelling yeah. at him like you have to be a slave and like everybody's like oh would you ever work with him he's like absolutely yeah you know? yeah yeah uh -huh. it's like it seems to be like all of everybody's <laughs> interaction with him they're like yeah no he's the worst he's my favorite person to work with though 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's a good time. You know, it's like, he, yeah, I love sure. hearing his interviews because you're right. He's such a dweeb about the most specific things. Like he has a podcast now about he and a friend like bought out a video store in like the 80s or 90s. So they have just like this ginormous archive of 80s and 90s video cassettes. And now they're like rewatching through them and having like he, he has this encyclopedic knowledge of like late 70s to early 90s video, <laughs> which is such a such a specific niche thing to be into. Uh, and it's amazing, which shows, right? I even heard him, he did an interview a little while ago and heard him talking. He's like, well, I do genre films, very specific, like sub-genre genre films, but like all my films, are, you know, it's like, oh, it, which makes sense, right? Like if you saw any of his Western movies without knowing what a Western was, you wouldn't enjoy it as much, you know? But if you've seen a mob movie or whatever, you know, a crime movie, a heist movie, a martial arts, kung fu movie, like, all his movies are based in those realms where he's like, no, this is a very specific type of Western, and that's what I'm doing. I'm doing an iteration of that, but I'm an Academy Award-winning writer, you know? So you're like, which is what makes his movies interesting, but, yeah, man, is he a weirdo. Love it. Yeah, I, I view him and Guillermo del Toro as very similar. Like, they mm-hmm. just kind of go as hard as they possibly can on the type of movie they're making, which I sent you that text because Tiffany and I recently watched... Pacific Rim, because I just, sometimes I just get, the, you know, it's like, I just want to see a robot fight a giant monster. Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like, it, there's nothing better than Pacific Rim for that, right? Like, the only thing close to it is Transformers, right? If you just want the giant robot fight. Right. And I was just like, my, this is the guy that made, like, Shape of Water. And so I was, that's why I texted mm-hmm. you. I was like, he really just is like, does this add to what we're trying to do with the movie? It's like... So, like, I could imagine them, like, adding stuff in that's, like, make, oh, this doesn't make sense. He's like, but does it make the movie a cool kaiju robot fight movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Put it in. I don't care if it makes sense. Does it add to the weird fish sex vibe we're going for? Yes. Add it in, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, both yeah. of them, you know? It's like Quentin Tarantino, you might wake up with him sniffing your feet in the middle of the night, but you deal with it, okay? Because you're working but with it a genius. adds to the movie. Yeah. Are you going to watch the Guillermo del Toro horror series that's coming out in October? <sighs> Which one Netflix? was that? I forget what it's called, but he's got like a little, it's like a Cabinet of Curiosities kind of miniseries of spooky episodes. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. I think they're like dropping the week or two before Halloween. So, you know, I, I it's going to uh, be spooky uh, season. It'll depend on how scary they are. So knowing him, I, I can... mean. He seems to go more with like unsettling and spooky. It seems like in some of his stuff than full. Yeah, but I think this one's like nightmare. We'll, we'll see what it is. Yeah, well, it'll we'll see. Um, this movie. Okay, let's talk about Lost Boys a little more. Okay, I it, there are some funny bits. My I think the funniest bit for me personally was the holy water run they made where they're like we yeah. need holy water, so they like walk into a church in the middle of like a baptism or a christening or whatever and they're like dipping their canteens in the holy water and they're like see ya and they yeah. leave i got a kick out of that i did enjoy it i will say this movie had a jump scare that super got me i don't know if it got you do you oh, i don't your eyes no, popped none of the jump scares got one? me so i'm like I didn't know there, there was really one, was a jump scare. They were in the house. It's in the final stand in the house, and it was the dark-haired vampire coming down from the ceiling. I was. It wasn't like a jump scare that was like, oh, there was a big sound. It was like, no, just out of nowhere, there was a vampire face in the screen. Bailey and I both jumped. Oh. 
we got yeah. got. I was I was impressed because you know it's easy to do a jump scare. So when someone gets a real earned one for me, I was like, you know what? Kudos, good for you. I will say the final twist of the movie, right? So they kill the vampires and they're like, it didn't work, you know. Who's the guy? And it, it, of course, it's the video store owner. I honestly didn't see it coming. I thought he was just the red herring in the middle of the movie. They do all the things to check he's a vampire. It's like, oh, it's negative. Didn't work. I didn't see it coming that he was the guy. So, you know, good for them. I lost my fiddle pen. Um, now I'm just alone in the dark, you know? I don't, wait. <gasps> we have the same pen. Yes. That's pen. Fiddle with that pen. The so. Spen. Spend. Did you see it coming? So I thought. So they were like, "Oh, he's the he's the vampire." They did all the tests on him. It didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But then they like. I think it would have been more of a twist for me if he, because they did the scene where it's like, "Oh, the motorcycle people coming to get him," you know. After, because he had done the thing that like everyone else that was getting got had done, where he's like, "I told you not to come in here," you know, like get out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then he's just fine. He's just there. Like then they, he's like not there for a while, and then he's back. And I was just like, "Oh, so he's he's either gonna be a vampire or like a vampire hunter?" Because there's no way that he just sur- a random video store owner survived these guys, you know? Yeah. Um. I did think it was interesting how they played with how the rules of vampires work, where it seems like the uh, the half vampires, they don't need to be invited in, but the vampire himself, he had to be invited in to come into the yeah. house. Yeah. So it's like stuff worked on him, but once you invited him in, stuff wouldn't work on him, but well, it always worked on them. You mentioned the the Lost Boys not being full vampires. I thought they were. Oh, because they And then blood? it was just Michael was only half, and then yeah. what's-her-name was half. And once you kill, because they'd killed, so I think yeah. they were full because they were more sensitive to the sun than the half were. But you yeah. still have to kill the leader was the rule. So the video store owner was the guy that had to get killed to free all the other half vampires. Yeah, I guess that would have been the the thing because none of them were alive to see if they would have gotten turned back normal mm-hmm. when he was killed. Like I'm saying, the more so. sensitive to the sun, they have killed people. That's the whole thing, right? Once you yeah. once you get your first kill, now you're a vampire for good. Yeah, now your blood's gone, and it's all vampire blood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed like that final standoff scene. Pretty good time. And I mean, there's still those comedy. Almost like the, the grandpa bursts through the front door with his giant wooden stakes in his truck. He's like, got him. What did he yeah. say? What was the last line he said? Oh, he's like, there's one thing I can't so stand so about living in Santa Clara. Santa all Carla. The, Santa is, Carla is all the vampires. All the vampires are like, all right, grandpa. Which I was like, if they at some point in the, by the end of this movie do not have grandpa be like, oh yeah, no, I know vampires are an issue here. I thought, I thought he was going to be a lot more like, oh yeah, no, like I kill vampires all the time trying to mess with me, you know? Mm-hmm. which I think it is funny because I feel like if this movie came out now, first off, I think the the movie is good because it's an 80s movie. I think if they released mm-hmm. this same kind of movie now, it just wouldn't hit the same without it being like an 80s movie. Right. But I do think if it came out now, it would definitely be followed up with a series on like a streaming service about like mm-hmm. the shenanigans of the vampires living right in the you know like it would be very yeah. much 
I think the modern iteration of this really is what we do in the shadows where they yeah. just like tone down the like thriller elements of it where it's like, you yeah, know, it's like just people that, yeah, sometimes they kill people, but they're just vampires living in Long Island mm-hmm. or Staten Island. Staten Island. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it makes me think of like if this movie were better and knew a little more what it was or stuck to a certain theme, it could be like zombie land or even like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness where it's like, hey, a lot of horror, but also it's a superhero movie, you know, or like, oh, a lot of horror, but we can still do comedy, you know? So that's where I, I see it going because I think the comedy elements work a little better. When they're doing full vampire fighting, that's pretty fun. I enjoyed that. But yeah, some of the characters were just kind of weak. And like I said, you know, through a big stretch of this movie, I was like, man, who's the main character? And like, all I know about Michael is that he likes Jamie Gertz, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it, you know? That was that was the only thing going on. Yeah, I mean, it's very much an 80s teen movie, right? Yeah. I did I did really enjoy the music. There were some good tracks. Yeah. The music was great. I can't see... This soundtrack, I hear a lot of people... Like, it's on a lot of lists I've seen, and I know a lot of people, like, have it and really listen to it a lot and like it, and I can kind of see why I like it. Is. Do you like any soundtrack that throws in Echo and the Bunnymen? I don't listen to but I always hear them turn around I'm like oh that's like a cool if you're like in the know and you like good music and you're from LA you'll you know echo in the bunny man they do the cover of the strange when they're strange the dark door song what's the title of that song I don't know people are strange I don't know I don't know the title of the song the door song they do it's yeah. in the movie like a few times yeah I do want to talk briefly about Joel Schumacher as a director he has one of the strangest filmographies I've ever seen. Are you familiar with him at all? Um, let me pull up his stuff. I've heard the name a bunch, but I don't know how many of his movies I've actually seen. I remember like him being, oh, he does a, a Batman. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Batman so and Robin. he directed, first off, the Family of the Opera movie, right? Yeah. He directed the infamous Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one. The, that, Cody, that, Cody, he puts tape on his lips. Yeah. So then it does, yeah. But he also, this is what is weird, is that he also directed Batman Forever, which is the Val Kilmer Batman with Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. So that's what's kind of weird about him is, okay, he did a Batman movie some people liked, then he did the worst Batman movie as a follow-up. Um, he also did, like, music videos for Seal, Kiss from a Rose and Lenny Kravitz and... So I don't know, in excess, he directed St. Elmo's Fire, which is like an iconic 80s movie, right? Yeah. He did this one, but just a really weird, you know, of like his biggest, his biggest movie is like Batman and Robin, right? And then Phantom of the Opera was a, you know, like if you like musicals, of course, you know that one. Then he did this. It just, I don't know, really weird filmography, I would say. This man's all over the place. It looks like they want a good laugh. You want to listen to uh, George Clooney's story his impression of of joel schumacher is pretty great he uses a megaphone on set so so he's like you know he talks about how the suit is awful and he's like it's the hardest thing to do you're in this giant suit you can't move you have bat nipples you know you're standing there and then he's have joel schumacher in a megaphone being like all right bruce you're mad you're an orphan your parents are dead go <laughs> like then george's like i'm batman he's like and scene you know like like that's what it was like shooting batman and robin and yeah just kind of an eccentric dude but really weird filmography and uh you know what a man what a man's man 
Yeah. Wow. Just... So many lives happening. But I don't know. So all in all, I really enjoyed a couple bits of this movie. And the rest of it was, you know, just okay. So what have we missed, Tyler? I mean, before we close, we have to do some research about Saxophone Man for sure. But did I miss anything in your notes you want to you want to touch on? No. Um, I think we kind of covered everything that I had in my notes. Um, uh, this was shot in three weeks, 21-day shoot. Pretty impressive for yeah. how much action they had to do and everything. Probably night shoots as well. Yeah. It was interesting. One thing I found interesting was um, all of the... Like, this is a movie that today would be very special effects heavy. Like you would have him like their faces, like his face slowly change, or you'd probably showcase a lot more like, like to one of the things I was thought when they were like, Oh, there's vampires everywhere. I was like looking at mirrors and stuff. I was like, Oh, is the crap. And then I was like, you're not going to go through the effort to like mess with these mirrors in an eighties movie. Whereas today you would probably notice, like if you pay attention to mirrors, like there's only half as many people in the mirror, you know? Yeah. So there's stuff like that that I know. So it was interesting seeing, like, re- thinking about, like, oh, yeah. So, but when they had the effects, it was like, oh, look at them doing, like, the face makeup and making their faces look like bats. Because all I expected, honestly, was, like, maybe some colored contacts and some fake vampire teeth. I didn't expect right. them to go full, like, face prosthetic mm-hmm. with it. So I, th- I thought it actually looked pretty good when they, like, did their uh, vampire transformation. And I like how they made the the head vampire look a little more vampire-y, you know, than the, even the other yeah. ones. So, I just shout out to to those and to, like, the death effects and stuff like that. They I thought they did a lot more than you would expect from what kind of comes across. Like you said, it's like a very quickly shot, cheaply made 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of quality work that was done on the movie and, you know, for some of the effects. And, you know, I mean, you know, when the house is, like, blowing up with the pipes and, you know, there's a lot of work that went into those pieces. Shout out to Double and, Stuff uh, Oreos or Double Fill I, Oreos as Grandpa called them. Double Thick or, yeah, that was, we called them, like, Double Thick Oreos. And let's see. Um, I did see a note that Andrew Lloyd Webber thought the use of music was really impressive in this movie. So that's part of the reason why... He, he, uh, Joel Schumacher got the job directing Phantom of the Opera. So, fun little Easter egg for you. Um, saxophone man. His name is Tim Capello. Okay, he's from New York. And he's worked with Billy Crystal and Peter Gabriel. He was also played saxophone with Tina Turner. He also plays the keyboard. He's got some songs that are in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And he did uh, some saxophone and some backup singing on Proud Mary, it looks like. He toured with Ringo Starr and the All-Star Band for a while. So, yeah, he's uh, he's the real deal. He's been on The Equalizer, Miami Vice, Hearts of Fire with Bob Dylan, He's yeah. on uh, the break with Michelle Wolf as a saxophone player. So he's just kind of like a saxophone player that like goes. He's just a good saxophone player. It sounds like. 
That's yeah. I mean, he's a good saxophone player with a bod who can yeah. sing and play the keyboard. So, so it's yeah. like we need someone that can do one of those he's things. He's a good the go-to. Real deal. Okay, that's what you need to know about him. He was with. He was in an SNL digital short. He's with Tina Turner for fifteen years. Wow. So what he said that are are you? I'm reading an article like where they interviewed him where he's like. Yeah, I went and shot a scene. He's like, I meant nothing. I forgot why that I even did it. And then the movie came out. And it's like. <laughs> so this may, this was such a non-blip on his radar. He's like, yeah, I was in my early 30s. It meant nothing. Like, it was just a quick, like, yeah. a gig, no, basically. Had a whole music career, yeah. I think um, if you've ever heard of the YouTube star Sexy Saxman, I think he's... Uh, Roughly based on his perform, this guy's performance. In oh, I love the Lost sexy boys. Sex. Have you ever seen Sexy Sax Man? Cody, let me tell you a story, okay? <laughs> I yes. play D and D sometimes. I made myself a bard who plays the saxophone, who I based entirely on Sexy Sax Man. There it is. And so, anytime I was, I was like, I'm gonna start playing my saxophone. I bought a small like training saxophone that I would take with me to. I didn't learn how to play it. I never, I ended up giving it to my nephew. He loved it. Colorful buttons and it's plastic. He loved it. Anyway, I would play the sexy sax man song when I was inspiring people in the game. So I'm familiar with sexy sax man. Yeah. This I this this interview article. Here's a quote from Capello. You always oil up. Every night with <laughs> Tina, no. I would oil up. It's always just what you did. It was kind of like you were wearing a shirt. You were wearing a flesh shirt that was shiny. That's a quote from this man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What a way to live your life. Um, I saw a piece of trivia that the characters in this movie say the name Michael about 118 times. Michael. So at least yeah. once a minute, if not a little more. But how many times do they sense. whisper? I mean, Keeper Sutherland whispering, my, he's all over the map. Oh, wow. I'm really glad I saw that. Okay, so just to tie a bow on it, the big question okay. that everyone's been waiting all episode to hear of the four vampires, the four lost boys, which one is the sexy one? I have to pick one In of the four opinion. lost boys? One of the four Lost Boys, please. Which oh. one is the sexy one? You've already look. You've mentioned that you like you liked Kiefer. Kiefer. There's three others. Alex Winter is there. Kiefer Sutherland's there. Then there's the dark-haired one and the blonde-haired one. All right. Which of the four? Let me pull because I I know I have a pick. Let me pull up the pictures here though, just so I make sure that I'm looking at them. You know. So, can we agree? Okay, that uh, I think. If, uh, let's see, hold on. Billy Worth who is the one that gets killed, right? First, he's the slut, right? <laughs> okay, he's the, the one, one in the cutoff. Alex Winter? No, no, he's the one That's played Marco. by Billy Worth. Yeah. Billy Worth. He's the, the dark-haired one. No, 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 not the dark. The one that with the curly hair. Is it, or, yeah. Is I think you one? got a mix. I'm looking at the picture here. And it said, you know, IMDb, they always are like, from left to right, here's this this person, this person, this person. Yeah. But now they're switching it. So I guess Alex Winter is the right one. I don't know. The one that gets Alex killed. Alex Winter is the curly the, hair one. Yeah. Bill and Ted. The All one right? in the cutoff. Then you have- He's the slut vampire, right? 
Is Looking he dark man. long hair, dark blonde hair, Kiefer Sutherland, or <laughs> Bill from Bill and Ted? He's Bill. He's not right. the sexy one, though. He's the slut, though. The dark-haired yeah, one is the hot one. Okay. He's the one that's there for raw sex appeal. Kiefer's there to carry... Yeah. He's got the talent to deliver the lines, okay? Yes. Alex Winter, Bill, right? He's there He's there for the, for the for the, you know, where you're like, I could get with one of these vampires. Like, I, I've got a shot with that vampire, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Is it Brooke McCarter? Is that the dark-haired one? I don't know. No, no, he's the Um, blonde one. I thought that was Billy Worth. Billy Worth is the dark-haired one. Yeah, Billy Worth is the dark-haired one. He's there for the raw, like, oh, my gosh, sexy vampire vibe. All right? Right? You're going to look at me and tell me I'm wrong? I agree. I agree that dark-haired vampire Billy Worth is the sexy one. Bailey... I think is stuck between the dark haired and the blonde one. I forget what she settled on, but I think it's like, oh, all my sisters, I think like the blonde one, but she likes the dark haired one. The anyway, blonde one's got like a, a pelican debate. nose. That's the problem. I with think the blonde, one. the blonde one's okay. I think, I think the lo- his hair is just a little unruly. It's a little twisted sister and it, it kind of well, ruined the whole thing for me. I think. It's very feathered eighties, you know, like it's all big. Whereas, right. I think if a different haircut might do him well, like maybe even if he had like the Keith or Sutherland hair, maybe that would, that would work from a little different, but. Yeah. yeah. As it stands, I'm dark hair. I'm team dark hair. Here's one thing I've noticed. Kiefer is definitely the one wearing the most clothes. We got the slut vampire mm-hmm. in the cutoff and the shirt that's falling apart. Well, that's because that's because Kiefer knows his worth. Okay. Yeah. He's not going to put out. He's only going to put out for the right role. Right. Then you got, I got a question. Blonde guy. He's wearing a mesh shirt. And then dark hair guy. He's just wearing a jacket over nothing. He just got a jacket on. He ain't got no shirt on. That's what I'm saying. I do wonder, Kiefer Sutherland, aside from Jack Bauer, what is what's he up to? What is he doing? Uh, lately, he's, he's doing the booth, which is also directed by Joel Schumacher. Mirrors, doing the designated survivor right now. I think currently. Okay. He's in the First Lady, Zoolander Two as Kiefer Sutherland. Oh right, he was in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Forgot about that. That's a big one. Yeah, I think he has. Of quite a few voice acting roles, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. Call of Duty as well. Yeah. Monsters vs. Aliens. Family Guy as well. He's got quite a few credits. Wow. Oh, yeah. Google uh, started... most known for his iconic television roles. Yeah, from 24, I think, is what most people know him as. He's directed a couple music videos and a TV episode, so, you know, he's not a one-trick pony, all right? He can voice act, he can act, he's uh, he's got... Oh, I guess Disney and Survivor's done, so take that back, Cody. Don't don't, don't try to watch that show and expect him to still be in it, because... It's done, it's over. It's, it's over, I think. Plays Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the First Lady TV series. Cool. Just came out. He was in Stand By Me. How dare you not notice that, All right? <clears throat> wow. He does appear to have been, like, fairly... <clears throat> he's in uh, Flatliners, right. which is another movie. He's by a few good men as well. Schumacher. That's a good one. He's very wow. active in the 90s, I think, mm-hmm. in movies. In the 90s. And then characters. moved to TV. For sure. Then he did TV in, like, 2000s. Yeah. Well, Tyler, 
Are you ready to slap a rating on this movie? I'm so ready. I want, but are you ready is the question. You seem more conflicted, more against this movie, all right, than me. I'm go- I've gone back and I've gone forth. And I think I know what I want to do. And I hope I don't break anyone's heart, but I'm ready to do it. But do you want to go first? I want you to go first, Cody. I want to know what you're saying. Look, um, while I enjoyed the highs of this movie and I got a good laugh or two out of it, I think this is a movie that just had a lot of potential that it didn't reach. You know, there was too much, there's too many sighs that I had where I was like, oh, where's it? Uh, all right, we're. Cody, let me stop you right there. The shirtless sax man hasn't been here a long time. You know, this movie crawled so what we do in the shadows could run. Okay. Yes. That's what we're talking. Precisely. It's a so very good way to put it. Take that into account. I think I'm going to give this one a C minus. The highs were great, but it just wasn't enough to lift the movie beyond that for me. And see, so for me, Where are you at? I liked this movie. I thought it did a good job. I thought it was a good '80s romp. You know. Um, I'm glad we watched it. I even partway through it, I was like, man, I kind of wish that I had bought it instead of renting it, which is what I did. Mm. I give it a C, full C, not the C minus. I'm confident in my C. All right. I almost went up to a C. I almost did, but, uh, you know, I have to be true to myself, true to my heart. Just like 90 degrees saying in the credits of Mulan, you gotta be true to your heart. Yeah. Wow. What a great episode. Appreciate you sticking through with me, Tyler. Thank you. Yeah. And we learned about the sexy sax man and sexy. the history of Joel Schumacher. And, you know, I think, I think we're better people for it. Thank you, listeners, for sticking through it with us. You can follow us and share us with your friends wherever you find your podcasts. You can also come at us on social media. We post some memes every now and again, and uh, you're welcome to recommend movies to us at Opinion Havers, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time, watch movies and have opinions. And always remember the immortal words of Mr. Capello always oil up. Always oil up. I'm oiling up right now. I'm getting ready. It's like wearing a flesh <laughs> shirt that's shiny. <laughs>